0: Now if you've got your Bible and you're in Mark chapter 5, I want to read a story to you that many of you know and I believe that God wants to, God, Jesus told this story or rather he, he allowed it to be recorded and make sure it was recorded for us to read so we know God's nature, so we know God's uh, posture towards us and so that we know how we can approach God and this is what it says in Mark chapter 5 verses 24 through 34, I won't read the whole thing. But here's what it says A woman was in a large crowd. She was just one of the crowd. And she had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Then it says she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, If I can just touch his robe, I would be healed. Immediately, someone say, immediately, the bleeding stopped. And she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. If you're taking notes today, uh, the, the title of today's message I've just titled Dirty. Dirty. Now, have you ever had a stain before that meant what, you either left the house with a stain on your outfit? Or maybe you're like me and you're a bit of a sloppy eater and your wife tells you don't buy anything white because it doesn't stay white longer than about five minutes because you get stains on yourself. Anybody ever had a stain before, right? And, And you notice that stain and you feel like the stain is the loudest thing in the room. You feel like the stain is just shouting out to everybody, look at me, this person doesn't know how to eat, this person is sloppy, judge this person. And even if... No one else notices it. It preoccupies your entire mind, does it not? You're just kind of thinking, you know, um, recently, last year, I went to Israel. And how many of y'all like Mediterranean food? Come on, holler at your boy. Mediterranean food. Those who aren't raising your hand, you haven't discovered. It's it's got the hand of God on it. Come on. A little little hummus, a little pita. Come on. A, a, A little bit of... Yairo, gyro, gyro, however you want to pronounce it, I like the lamb, just shave it a little bit. And so we were over in Israel, I couldn't wait to eat some authentic Mediterranean food while we were there. And one lunch, we had a free-for-all, and they said, you eat wherever you want. I I, I hightailed it to the closest place, I could get me a gyro, gyro, gyro wrap, however you want to pronounce it. That's how I order it now. I will take the gyro, the gyro, the gyro. However you want to correct me, just give me the meat. Come on. Arby doesn't have it. They got it. Okay, anyway. So I got me a little gyro wrap, and I was so pumped. I sat down at a, in Jerusalem sitting at a table, and I was like, dude, I'm about to tear this thing up. And, and, and I had my favorite jeans on. Everybody got a favorite pair of jeans. I had my favorite pair of jeans. Feeling pretty good in Jerusalem that day until I took a bite and not the blood of the lamb came out. The oil of the lamb came out. All of a sudden, come on, drops on my favorite pair of jeans. And I thought, oh, no. So... It was kind of a faded pair of jeans, so it was light enough that everyone could see a very dark stain on me. So I spent the rest of the time walking around going, wow, that's amazing. Isn't that awesome? People are like, what's going on with your arm? I don't know, man. I was just, yeah, I had an itch, you know, because you're just trying to cover up your stain. Well, I forgot about the stain. I came home, and I told my wife, could you please help me out by washing these? Didn't think about the stain. So she washes them, and one of the honors my wife and I get to do is from time to time, we get to help coach other church planters, launch churches. And so Ark called me and my wife up and said, would you please come to Baltimore and speak to a bunch of church planters as a keynote speaker uh, uh, on how to launch a church well? And I thought, yeah, yeah we'll be there. P- pack me my favorite pair of jeans. So we stay there. Saturday night, Sunday morning, put on the fresh pair of jeans and you walk up in there like you're wearing your favorite pair of jeans, right? She said, like, what's up? Good to see you. It's so nice to meet you. Feeling like a hundred bucks until you look down at some point and you go, oh my goodness. <laughs> what are those things? <laughs> and I thought... Everybody else is worshiping, and I'm going, y'all got shout-out wipes? You you got some of them, like, wipes. Some people put them in the bathroom. Come on. You you got any? And I'm, like, trying to find church leadership, and they're just like, you got questions about the worship? No, questions about shout-out wipes. You got any wipes? Come on. Everybody else is worshiping. I'm in the bathroom. Come on. Y'all done this one before. And then what happened, then what happened is... You made it worse because now your entire leg is wet and people are like, you, you peed on yourself, right? You know, and you're just like, this is not that. So you do what every one of y'all has done in secret. You make sure no one else is in the bathroom. You go up to the hand dryer and you're like, let it rain. Let it rain. And I'm like, this junk is not coming out. It must have been oil. And uh, and I was like, what am I going to do? Every other keynote speaker that day was standing up like I am right now speaking. So I went up to one of the assistants and I said, I feel like we need a change of pace. Do you have a stool you can put up there? I'm feeling like I should share this message seated down. Give it a chill vibe. And they're like, that's a good idea. And I'm like, it is a good idea. Put the seat on the right side of the table. (laughs) They introduced me. I walked up there. Come on, what's up? And I sat down, put my leg up. You can't see my stain. Camera can't see my stain. And we had a keynote, a talk for the next 30 minutes. Because when you got a stain, you feel like everyone sees it. And if everyone else can't see it, You know all about it, and it's hard to forget about the stain. Now, this woman with the issue of blood for 12 years had that way worse. She had that of every moment of every single day for 12 years straight. And she knows what it feels like to have a blemish that you would just wish would go away. And I think The Chosen did a fantastic job of depicting that this week. Let's watch what it likely looked like.
1: Is she dead? Who are you? What's happened? Did did someone hurt you? I'm not not hurt. You need a doctor? Does your head feel like, can, can, can you see clearly? Listen, you don't have to help me. Go into town and get the doctor. No! Don't. I've wasted all my money on doctors. Maybe he could help. The Master has not been out to the public. What are you talking about? We're followers of a rabbi. Wait! This rabbi of yours, you said he was special? The most. Is he the man who healed the paralytic at the pool of Bethesda? (laughs) And so many more. You know him? Where his followers? <laughs> Where is he now? What's going on? i back. Our rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. It's him. It's your rabbi. Stay here. Our rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. promise you. TJ! TJ! He has a pushing mother. He Just, just the edge, only a threat.
0: You! I know you! Get away from him!
1: Stop it, please! Rabbi
0: Yusif! Rabbi Yusif! This woman bleeds. She is unclean. We removed her.
1: Please, please, I, I promise I won't touch him. I, I just need oh, woman, to... woman, please, we can help you, but not now.
0: Sorry. Sorry. Right. Tomorrow. Oh, no,
1: please, just a moment! Just a Everybody back. back, back. Did you... oh. I asked the question, who touched me? Master, the crowds are pressing in all around you like this and you're asking who touched you? They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. It was me, just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise, you are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry, I, I know I should have asked, but if if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I, I was sick, I was sick for 12 years. I bled and, and no one could stop it, but, but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment, <laughs> I was right, <laughs> my daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are.
0: Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you.
1: But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know. But it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so long. We can take her. She is clean. You blessed me today. And I know... My daughter, I know it has been a fight for you for so long. You must be... Exhausted.
0: Go now in peace. Your faith has made
1: you well. I wish I could stay here longer, but I have business to attend to. Someone else has faith like yours. But I'm so glad that we found each other.
0: Come on. Wasn't that awesome? I think The Chosen does such a great job depicting what it. Feels like taking ink and information off a page and helping add the emotion that likely would have matched it. And um, this clip helps us feel three things that she would have felt. She would have felt dirty. She would have felt dirty in the sense that I have something that forces me to be isolated from everybody else. In the Old Testament, according to the law, since she was bleeding, she was considered unclean, and so she, could, she had to be isolated and separated from everybody else. And so she had something that made her feel dirty. In fact, she was biologically dirty, which made her spiritually dirty dirty in the Old Testament. Thank God that Jesus came and by his blood he died and paid so that we're under a brand new covenant and that we are not ever separated from him due to biological things, but many of us are psychologically dirty, which makes us spiritually dirty and feeling separated from him. Many of us feel what she felt in the sense of guilt shame or unwanted experiences that she had gone through that caused her to feel dirty and separated and different. She also would have been very aware that she is walking into a clean environment as a very unclean person. She probably had thoughts in her head like, I shouldn't be here. My dirt, I'm so dirty that my dirt might rub off on everybody else. Who's in this crowd who is clean? And lightning might strike me if I do this thing and stand in, in, un, uh, in a clean crowd, unclean. Or she might have even thought, what if someone who knows my dirt sees me here? She would have had feelings of being unclean, walking into a place that seems so very clean. And she also would have felt like a burden. Have you ever felt before more like a liability than you do a lift to other people? More like a a heavy weight. More more like um, you're the weakest link or a crutch. She would have felt this way. She would have felt lowest on the totem pole. She would have felt the least of society. She would have felt like she doesn't belong here. And yet, in spite of all of this, she got the tenacity to go after Jesus' tassels. The Bible describes that she wanted to just touch the fringe of his robe. Jewish people according to the Torah and and, and the first five books of our Bible teaches that one of the things that they would wear as a regular piece of wardrobe would be a prayer shawl uh, and on it would have four tassels hanging from every single corner this is commonly referred to as the fringes and it's to be a constant reminder of the law of God and so even if you go to Jerusalem with me uh, later next year um, you will find that uh, uh, Jewish people, they will pray, literally covering themselves with the law and having the tassels there. Jesus, a Jew, would have had the tassels there. And she said, I'm gonna get the tenacity to go after the tassel. And what's interesting is she didn't just go after the law. She didn't just go after anyone wearing the law. She went after the one who is the law. She said, if I could just touch the robe of his garment, and she got a tenacity today that I want to talk about today. There are three stages of tenacity and I want to help you take the next step or maybe help some of you jump two steps today because I believe there are three stages of tenacity. If you're taking notes, the first one is this, dirty. You have to come to the conclusion that I am dirty and my situation is dire. My sin, my issue, it puts me at odds with God, and I've got a real problem on my hands. Now, any woman could probably testify that the first month she dealt with this, it would have been no big deal. I don't think very much of this. By the second month dealing with it, it might be, this is a blip, hopefully it's an anomaly, hopefully this fixes itself. Hopefully this goes away. And oftentimes we as human beings do the same thing with our sin. We say the first time it's not that big of a deal. Maybe it'll go away. Let's not make a big issue of this. Let's not worry about it. But after 12 months of it happening, after three years of it happening, after six years of it happening, she had to come to a point where she had to say, I've got a real issue on my hands. And I am dirty but we as human beings have a tendency to lie to ourselves and downplay our own situations for any of my monty python fans you say it's merely a flesh wound and you're just like Come on, it's it's not that big of a deal. You just Monty Python, you just lost your arm. Okay, anyway. If you're not a Monty Python fan, then let me help you out with a joke I recently saw. Why did the Nile River insist it didn't have any problems when it was turned to blood? Because the river was in denial. Uh, okay. And a lot of you and I are in the same denial. When we make light of our sin issues, when we make light of our secret stains, the stain that's on my soul, and I want to help you get out of the river called denial today and realize the wages of our sin always equals death. Something has to die to remove the stain that is on our soul. And so the first stage of tenacity is just coming to the awareness. I am dirty, and I've got an issue on my hand. My soul is unclean, and I've got an issue on, on, on my hands. And, and she had to quit thinking it'll just go away, and she had to quit thinking it'll all work itself out, and she had to go to the next level, which is number two, decide. And because I'm a preacher, I made all three of these points start with a D, so it'll be easy to remember. She had to, remember, she had to come to the conclusion, I'm dirty, Then she had to decide, and if you want, right, decide to get rid of it. Because many know that they are dirty, but they haven't decided to get clean yet. There are many people... And I did it for a long time, too. There's many on the sound of my voice in person and online who says, I know that I'm dirty. I'm still trying to fix it, Pastor. I'm I'm still trying to get clean. I'm still trying to do something about that. And if you know that you're dirty, but you haven't yet made the decision to get clean, maybe you're like, just for a little while longer, while I'm young, let me sow some oats. Just for a little while longer, while it's fun. As long as I'm in this relationship. But once we get married, we'll clean this up. Once we have kids, we'll clean this up once i do this i'll clean this up once i do, that. and 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 here can i tell you the real risk when we choose to do that is this heaven is pristine and clean so how much dirt do you think god allows in to heaven see the moment he allows any dirt into heaven Is the moment heaven is no longer pristine and clean it's also the moment that God is no longer holy it's also the moment that God is no longer just and so there is no room for unclean in heaven there is no room for dirt there and so where will you go to resolve your dirty conscience many people take it to maybe a good place today they say I've got a dirty conscience I know what I just did was wrong and so I'm gonna go to a, a nature walk and try to walk this thing off, or I'm going to go to a therapist, or I'm going to go to a doctor, just like the woman with the issue of blood had spent all of her money trying to go to a good source to fix her issue. Now, I love therapists and I love doctors, I have nothing against them, but I do think that they are missing the core component called Jesus. And that's why if you go to a therapist, I would suggest that you go to someone who believes in Jesus Christ, who can bring the solution into the situation. And so I'm for therapy, I'm for nature walks, I'm for doctors, but don't exclude the core component of Jesus because it didn't work for the woman with the issue of blood. Or many people take their dirt to a very unhealthy place, where they are running away from things, substance abuse, overeating, alcohol, cutting themselves, porn, excessive screen time as an escape or a relational dependence. And we get in a situation that we know is very unhealthy because, like the woman who had seven different husbands, I'm just trying to cover my issues up. I'm just trying to solve it with any way that I can know how and the problem is that to know what is right and to do what is right are two different things and that's where some people might be in the second stage today I had a guy come up to me in between experiences and he said you're speaking my language because I knew one day I'm going to come to Jesus. One day I'm going to go all in. And I didn't expect that today was going to be the day. But the moment you started talking about that, I realized that today I've got to get on a whole nother level of tenacity and decide. Because to know what is right and to do what is right are two different things. When I was in college, I used to be in a regionally touring band. And some people have asked me about that before. We were a Dave Matthews tribute band. How many have heard about the Dave Matthews band? Come on. They, they, they're, like, they're at like the top of all charts. They've been around for a long time. Any measure of success that an artist might want to achieve, they've achieved. And so there was a song that we once sang by him that he wrote later on in his career. And I find it very reflective. This is what he says. Pinnacle of success. He writes, I'm a ticking time bomb waiting to blow my top. No one would ever know until I blew up. And then he says in the chorus, baby, when I get home, lead me up against Jesus. Help me pick up the pieces. I want to believe in Jesus. See, it's one thing to know your right next move, and it's a whole nother thing to stay right where you are today. See, if she said, I believe Jesus could heal me, but I'm going to do nothing about it. One day I'll do something about it, but not today. She wouldn't have been healed on that very day. The Bible says she had heard about Jesus, so she was aware that he was capable. But my favorite word in that text is that it says, so she did something about it. And, and, And you might ask, why did it have to take 12 years? And I don't know this empirically from Scripture, but maybe it took so long because it took that long for her to exhaust every other option before she came to the only option. I tried this, I tried that, I smoked that, I drank that, I slept with that, I did that, I moved in with that, I sat with that, I've been in that. I've paid money for that, I've watched that, I've tried that, and none of that works. I've only got one solution and that is Jesus because I've heard about him and I've got to come to him and you might be asking, Pastor, how do I shorten the length of suffering? One answer I would say is don't take 12 years to come to the conclusion that I'm going to try all of this first. I'm going to try porn. I'm going to try sexuality. I'm going to try success. I'm going to try building my portfolio. I'm going to try having an awesome retirement account. I'm going to try a big house. I'm going to try a husband and two kids. I'm gonna try don't take 12 years to come to the conclusion that I've been to all that and none of it works the prodigal son was the same way why did he have to suffer for so long because maybe it took that long to say I tried parties I tried wild living I tried money I tried success and none of it works except running back home to the father's house and so good news for us is the wisest person who's ever lived wrote a book that's in our bible it's called ecclesiastes and king solomon who was at the top of the world they call him the wisest person ever lived he had all the money he had all the fame he had all the power he had all the influence he had all the titles nothing held him back and in the first chapter of his book in the last chapter of his book he said i devoted myself to search for understanding and to explore by wisdom everything being done under heaven he is saying you might not have the time or the resources to try all these things i do i have the time i have the resources i have the power i have the influence so i've tried everything and then he writes another 12 chapters of everything he tried and said it was meaningless it was a waste of time it was the chasing of the wind he says in chapter 12 verse 13 so here's my final conclusion Fear God and obey his commands. Simply fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. And by the way, here's a real surreal thought. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. He said, I tried fixing the hole in my heart with women, and I married a lot of them and that didn't work. I tried position. I tried success. I tried big castles. I tried awesome, audacious, outlandish parties. It didn't work. I tried boats. I tried possessions. I tried the sweetest horse wagon you have ever seen, bro. I was rolling in style. I tried and I'm trying to tell you, don't waste the same effort, resources, time doing what I did. Don't take 12 years to come to the conclusion that I've got to take it to Jesus and Jesus alone. See, many are here and they already know this. I've got to come to Jesus. But my prayer is that today you'd couple the right information with number three, desperation. Desperation. You go from dirty to making the decision to getting desperate to run all in on Jesus. As I was saying in verse 27 of Mark chapter 5, it says that she had heard about Jesus and then Jesus healed her where she was. Is is that what it says? Put that up there. Mark uh, 5, 27. She had heard about Jesus, so she was instantly healed. She heard a great sermon, so she was instantly healed. She heard good news, so she was instantly healed. No, 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 no. My favorite word in the whole sentence is so, because that conjunction changes everything. It goes from hearsay to action. It goes from, I think he can someday, to today is the day. And it says that she had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched him his robe she didn't just think about it she didn't just hear about it she acted on it and so the word so is the moment she coupled information with desperation i i I don't just think he's a special person i don't just Think he can do this. I'm going after him. And she got a whole nother level of tassel tenacity when she got the added desperation added to the information that she had. Because we know this. Write this down. Desperation is the tenacity level God moves in most. Desperation is the tenacity level God moves in most. Maybe it took her 12 years to get there. If you're an Old Testament fan, then maybe you know that there was once a woman who was desperate and only had one flask of oil left, could only make one more cake, and guess who God moved in their house. There was once a foreign man who had leprosy, and he got desperate to be touched by God. And when he got desperate, he was the one touched. Come on. In the Gospels, we know that there was a woman who lost her son, and she got desperate and brought the son before Jesus. Come on. There were blind people who wanted to be healed. And it doesn't say that as God walked down the road, people were instantly blind. It was the ones who called out, Jesus, Jesus, come and see me. Because desperation has to be a part of the equation. And in this case, she's not the only person in the story who's featured. Jairus is featured too, and I love Jairus. Because the Bible says that when Jesus showed up on a shore from his boat, there was a crowd waiting to greet him, but there was only one who got on their knees and got before him and said, Jesus, my daughter is sick. You have got to come to my house. And the story with the woman with the issue of blood actually interrupts the story of Jairus whose faith God moved for too. And that daughter was raised from the dead as well because desperation is the tenacity level God moves in most, and maybe he's just waiting for some of us to take our tenacity level to a whole other level where we start getting desperate. God, I need to see you move. God, I've tried everything else. God, Jesus, you are the only one that I can put my hope in. And the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, verse 56, that wherever Jesus went from town to town, they brought the sick out to him and they begged him. Someone say, desperate. Someone say, begged. They got desperate and they begged Jesus to let the sick touch at least the there it is again. Fringe of the robe. Let me just touch the tassels. Let me Let me get audacious enough that I don't care what the people in here say can hear me asking you. Let me get audacious enough to come after you. Let me get audacious enough to give a rip what the crowd thinks about me. Because I realize I have a stain on my soul. I realize my spirit needs healing. And I'm not going to worry about the crowd. I'm not going to worry about the opinions. I'm not going to worry about anything else that you think can help. I just need to touch Jesus. It says... They begged him to let him, the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe. And all, someone say all. All who touched him were healed. I looked up that word all in the Greek, and guess what? It means all. That means if you'll get desperate enough today too, you're not excluded. You're not the odd man out. You're not the one who missed out. It just takes someone Courageous enough to say, I'm tired of sitting in my stain. I'm tired of sitting in my dirt. I'm tired of feeling this guilty conscience. Come on. I'm tired of living in this situation, isolated, feeling unclean all the time, feeling shame, guilty, and regret, feeling dirty. And today you might be here feeling dirty, but the good news is God doesn't want to judge you for it in heaven. That's why he's giving you a moment on earth that says, This won't go well for you or for me if we have to deal with this in heaven. I want to give you a moment of conviction, not condemnation. Condemnation says you screwed up because you are a screw-up. You will always be a screw-up, and there's no fix for this. You will always perpetually mess up and be a lesser than and never measure up. That's condemnation. But our Bible says that Jesus does not operate in condemnation. He operates in conviction where he says... I know about the secret that you've let no one else know. And I love you so much that I want to deal with it today so that tomorrow can be bright. I want to I clear the ominous clouds. I want to clear all ominous clouds that not just your tomorrows, that you'll be walking in cleanliness and, and free from shame and regret, but the ominous clouds about eternity and what's going to happen to me and what will happen if I die tomorrow. I want to clear all that out today, But tomorrow, by dealing with this today. and So the good news is that God wants to cleanse us give us like a woman who got desperate enough to go after Jesus. Touch him and be clean. And anyone, I'm just wondering if there's anyone here today who would be desperate enough to change the pattern of the way we do church. Desperate enough to leave their seat. Leave their place of dirt. Their place of recognizing that I've got stains. And I've got shame. And says that today, I don't care what the crowd thinks. I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm getting out of my seat. And today, I'm going to come after Jesus as if he's at the altar right now. I'm going to get desperate enough not just to know I've got issues, not just to decide that way. But maybe there's someone in here today who might be thinking, i got to go all in on Jesus today. I'm going to give my life to the Lord. Maybe there's someone who will recommit their life to Jesus today and say, I've done it before, but I need to go back all in. Or maybe there's someone who needs healing in their body today. And you've tried everything else. You spent your money on everything else and your time and your resources. And you say, today I just need to go after Jesus receive a healing from him or maybe you will just seek a holistic touch from him to free you of a secret sin because you've already been a follower of him but you know there's a nagging sin there's something I've been hiding and today I want to get free from it is there anybody in here while the music ramps up that you'd say forget people's opinions. I'm getting up out of my seat I'm coming to the altar and people who have faith are going to meet you down here and we're going to pray with you right now let the band sing get up don't stay where you are come on faith in action. And sometimes it's just a change of seat to put action and to turn a so, to add a so in the mental of their story, that I didn't just hear of God's goodness, so I reached out and I touched him. And I just want to encourage you, if you're down here right now, I'm just so proud of you for getting audacious, for getting bold, for exercising your faith to say that I believe That God can touch me, heal me, change me, move in my situation. And I believe you're never going to be the same again. How many of y'all feel like you met with God today? Come on. Has God been good? And if you're listening to me right now, I just want to pray for one more thing. If you're down here, you can. If you came down here. Or if you're under the sound of my voice or if you're online and you're saying, I can see God is good and I can see God wants a relationship with me. But I can also see my stain, and I need to just ask God to forgive me, whether you came down, whether you stayed in your seat, or whether you're online. If that's you today, would you just be bold enough to say, that's me, I want to go all in with God, whether for the first time, or for the first time in a long time. Just quickly throw your hand up in the air if you're online. Write it to our people in in our chat room right now. Come on, church. Can we give it up for everybody? Exercising their faith lights are low, but I saw, I saw at least one, many people in the first experience too. Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Use your mouth to express faith by praying along with the whole church the words I'm about to say and meaning with all your heart. Just say, Jesus I give you my life. I believe you're the Lord, the Son of God, that you love me, you died for me, and you're setting me free sorry for my sin. And I thank you that when Jesus died on the cross, he died to give me freedom. Thank you for wiping my slate away. And I am a new person with a fresh start. And I want you to be my Lord. Jesus, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, amen and amen.